0: Hey, what's up? This is Sal from from CaptiveComics.com and com, and you're listening to the Comic Relief Podcast.
1: Hey, listener. Welcome to the Comic Relief Podcast.
2: Hope you survived the experience.
1: The Comic Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop culture surrounding comic books with your hosts,
2: Uncanny Thomas Logue
1: and Mighty Michael Moran. All right, welcome back to the Comic Relief Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with uh, Thomas today. We're going to discuss a few things. It's going to be a little different this time. We're going to be talking uh, poll lists. We're going to be doing some top fives. And we're also going to be interviewing uh, Mr. Salvatore uh, Larry from uh, Captive Comics. So thank you for listening. And let's uh, – how are you doing today, Tom? I'm doing really good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Such a nice young man. I do try. I do try. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today we're going to be talking poll lists. Uh, what have you been reading, sir? So I'll start off with
2: Amazing X Men. Have you been reading that as oh, well? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So let's hear your
1: thoughts first. So, like how I deflected that? Yeah. That's, let's go with you first. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So as we all know in comics and with the X Men especially, nobody stays dead forever. So the team of. Um, team of x-men wolverine beast uh firestar which is who is now an x-men which surprisingly was introduced in the x-men comics but has never actually been a member until now now exactly cool and then they also have North Star, Storm, and uh did I mention Iceman already? They actually go into heaven and hell, into the afterlife to search for nightcrawler. He yeah? was
2: killed needlessly, I might say.
1: Come on, I mean if you're just if you're just going for a, you know, a, a wow factor, it's just don't
2: please don't. I think every event now they quote unquote have to do a wow factor. Apparently yeah. they can't just have a big event. Someone has to die. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. they have to kill somebody, yeah. and you know they're gonna bring that person back somehow. Yeah, somehow. always, I'm glad they're finally bringing Nightcrawler back. I I love Nightcrawler. He's an awesome character. Great look, great story. I mean, great origin. He's he's a really cool character, and I like. I like the story so far, man. It seems like a really cool adventure.
2: I agree. Um, It reminds me. Did you get a chance to ever read the Nightcrawler four issue limited series? I did not. The whole pirate thing and all that stuff? No, I did not. When they did this story, there's elements of that because the Bamps are there. There's Mm -hmm. the whole pirate theme once again. Oh, yeah. It's heavy on the pirate theme. Yeah, very heavy on the pirate theme. Very on
1: the swashbuckling, which is a great way to bring Nightcrawler back. Yes. That's awesome. The story,
2: to me, feels like classic uncanny x-men it's written kind of
1: fun it's written mm-hmm. kind of lighthearted. it's a good adventure the x-men get taken out of their element a third of the team is in heaven a third of the team is in hell and the other third is in uh, purgatory i'm enjoying it it's a good yeah. read maybe we should have started with possible spoilers ahead yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> by the way spoiler alert <laughs> We're following Thomas's Tom- rule. Of, yeah. of, of we spoilers. do the spoiler after we talk about the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> if you were to give this a grade, right? What would you grade this um, this book here? All right, out of 5.
2: I would give it a I would give it a strong 4.5 to a 5. Yeah. Because Agreed. a like I said it's written very fun. It's very lighthearted. It reminds me of what I always liked about Nightcrawler. Yeah it brought in firestar who i've always liked mm-hmm. i've liked firestar since like uh spider-man and his friends you know yeah super it, friends was it super friends no amazing friends. Amazing, Spider-Man super, and his yeah, amazing super friends, friends. friends super is DC totally just yeah. totally something else yeah and then you know i got to enjoy firestar more in new warriors because she was she was a key character yeah. in the new warriors so yeah. seeing her in the x-men was mm-hmm. like oh that was really mm-hmm. cool you know she's just not somewhere out there not being yeah. used
1: I agree. I would give it a solid four. I think this this story is very reminiscent to classic X-Men tales that, that kind of yes. revolved around Nightcrawler and, 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 and Storm and Beast and all these guys. I, I like it. I'd give it a solid four. And The Amazing X-Men is written by uh, Jason Aaron and uh, illustrated by Ed McGinnis. Ed McGinnis is awesome. Awesome. I'm sure you've probably already heard that Chris
2: Claremont is mm-hmm. going to be writing a Nightcrawler series. People oh, yeah. can mess up Nightcrawler. For a guy that's in a very simple design, he's just blue yeah. uh, with that little red V. Yeah. So many people have messed that up. Yeah. And they do it in his face. Like, I like when they do the dark shadow over his eyes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like he's wearing, like, a Zoro mask Yeah, most probably. I don't like it when they do his whole face blue without yeah. that shadow. Yeah. That shadow's
1: always been there. They got, they got to implement elements of shadow when you're dealing with Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. I mean, yes. dude disappears in shadows. In shadows, yeah. Yes. So he lives in the shadows. All right. So what's next, man? What do you got? Next, we can go to Harley Quinn. Ah, uh, Harley Quinn Harley Quinn Alright, so one of my favorite DC characters it got her own ongoing series Before I get into it, I want to hear your take Because I know Harley Quinn is one of your favorites as well and, Yeah And you're really DC Digger, yeah <laughs> Digger a lot Yeah, So, um, so what are your thoughts? So... Initially,
2: I I admit I was concerned. Issue zero, Mm -hmm. we talked about it before in one of Mm -hmm. the previous podcasts. It was really jarring. It Mm -hmm. was really hard to follow. It was kind of everywhere. Some artists were really good. Some I didn't like. The story was kind of out there. And the first couple of issues, I was kind of like, okay, they've made her back to the really, really, really crazy, hard to to like kind of Mm eloquent because she's just so out there. Issue number four, I... Loved. Okay. Like, she goes to do something and, like, goes, like, kind of over the top. But then, mm-hmm. like, you know, typical Harley from the other comics, like, funny stuff happens. She goes yeah. to rescue all those pets, and now she has all these dogs yeah, and cats she, in her face. Yeah. I, that, that. I think
1: that's actually where I left off, her and Ivy. Uh, went to go rescue those oh, pets. The animals. Yeah, yeah, the animals. Yeah. So there's one more issue after that. And it okay, was really, really well done.
2: So she finds out something as a nurse, and then was like, "Well, I'm going to fix your problem for you," mm-hmm. quote unquote, fix it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And she goes out and does something, and you're like, I "Thought she got her old job back as a psychiatrist." Psychiatrist.
1: Yeah, That's okay. what I mean. Who the hell hires Harley Quinn? They as a psychiatrist <laughs> who does not know <laughs> who she is. Who she is? She's a Lots. mass murderer, yeah. and her name is Harley Quinn. Yeah. And her alter ego is Harley Quinn. Yeah. Come on, people. Who still <laughs> hires this chick? I guess people in the uh, psychiatrist community don't really pay attention to what's going on. Well, it's, it's crazy. Harley Quinn, usually her hair is kind of like black and
2: red. Uh-huh. And now as her shrink self, she's blonde. That's her disguise. That's
1: her. She put on a pair of glasses <laughs> in I mean, a suit. That's, <laughs> that's, that's exa- you know. Like, ah. Yeah. That's just like Superman. Yeah. Puts on a pair of glasses. <laughs> Yeah. You
2: kind of look like Superman when you take your glasses off, Clark Kent. Uh, I'm not, really. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did you just fly into that window? I How did not. you get in this locked room? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, she's a really, really far out there character. Mm-hmm. And in Suicide Squad, she was kind of like, that's where I first fell in love with her because with Suicide Squad. She was kind of out there, but she was still restrained because she had that freaking nano thing in her neck. Yeah. But now without that nano thing, she's just like over the top crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> out of out of these these issues, I think zero was probably my favorite. Really? Yes. <laughs> zero was going to have there. to agree to disagree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when they did issue zero, they invited a bunch of different artists, um, you know, well-known artists and some lesser-known artists, and they all did like uh, two pages each. Right, so they all kind of t- did their take, and Harley Quinn uh, broke the fourth wall a little, like Deadpool, where she was talking with the yes. audience, and instead of talking to the voices in her head, there, there, are its a beaver, the stuffed beaver that she has. Which, I get it. Now you get it. <laughs> it's a friggin' beaver, right? So, but that being said, once uh, once the story kicks off. I thought the story was a little bit boring, man. I thought the humor was a little bit forced. I did not enjoy – I have not been enjoying Harley Quinn. Right. In other words. it's. It seems like the story is really dragging. So she was essentially in issue zero. She's living in some, like, storage unit. Right. And, and finds out that she – like, Spoiler <laughs> alerts, right? If you haven't read them, if you have – If you haven't read a four-month-old issue, here's yeah, a spoiler Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. <alert. laughs> She inherits uh, some property from one of her old patients from when she Correct. was a psychiatrist. Yep. And so now she has, of course, it, it can't just be, you know, a house. It's it's Harley Quinn, so yeah, it's, a it's major like major base. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a big museum, like a freak show type museum on Coney Island. So in order to maintain it and upkeep it, she has to um, she has to earn a living. Ryan. Right? So she does like the whole roller derby thing. Earns a few bucks. She, joins a roller derby team. Yeah, she's still in that. By the way, yeah, she's the still in. That. She still yeah. does that. And she got her job back as a psychiatrist. And it just seems it seems like it's really dragging on with her trying to figure out how to like earn a living and stuff. I'm not sure how it's doing you know sales wise. But I know that I could – at the point where I'm at right now, I could stop reading it and I don't think I
2: would say yeah, it at all.
1: That's where sort of I am. Like the fourth issue was a vast
2: improvement to me mm-hmm. over the other issues. But the Harley Quinn that I liked was the Suicide Squad Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. You know, she was crazy but she was still a little reserved. Humor wasn't like so far out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah cuz with this one it's really far out there. She's got the talking beaver, you know, she's got yeah. like a whole freaking yeah. museum full of animals. I enjoyed more the darker kind of more serious, I guess. Harley mm-hmm. Quinn from Suicide Squad.
1: I do like her to be I hate to say it, but almost closer to how the Joker is. Cuz right. the Joker, you can I mean he's he's a clown. Yeah, he's silly. He does crazy. He has slapsticky type humor as well, but you never take it for granted that he is a complete psychopath. Yeah. You know what I mean? And with Harley Quinn, I don't get I don't get that same feeling. They try to go for that. Right. They try to go for that. Um, you know, she's she's slapsticky and funny, but she'll she, smash your head with a mallet. But it, it – it, I don't know. It just it – It doesn't she come loses, off, doesn't as, come a off. Yeah, as a you serious threat. As a serious threat. Yes, exactly.
2: Like if Joker shows up, bad things are about to happen. If oh, Harley yeah. Quinn shows up, you know, just weird stuff is about to happen. Yeah, just you know, weird, people are exactly. going to die, but it's going to be weird. I would probably give it like three out of five. It's not mm-hmm. great. It's not bad.
1: It could still improve. Like there is there is a hope mm-hmm. for improvement. Like I said, the fourth issue was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I also think there's a lot of promise. I mean Harley Quinn is an awesome character. They can yes. do so much more. Better. I would give it a two. At this point, what do you got next? All right, so next, the. Actually, we'll go with the New Warriors. Okay. So the New Warriors are back. And shouldn't they just be called the Warriors at this, at this point? point? Well, <laughs> technically new
2: because it's a whole – There's half the team is all new. Oh, phew, boy. Anytime See? you launch a new team, they could be the new whatever. Well, that's why it's always like the new Teen Titans are around. Yeah. <laughs> and then they become Teen Titans and then eventually they become Titans and then they relaunch yeah. it back to new Teen Titans.
1: Okay. Right on. They stuck with the team. Uh, this time we have – or they stuck with the name. This time we have Speedball, Justice, Nova, Sungirl, Scarlet Spider has joined the team, and Hummingbird. And is written by Chris Yost.
2: You're missing someone, the Inhuman dude,
1: Hachi or whatever, ha- yes. Ha- Haichi. Yes, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, his name I don't know properly. How to pronounce yeah, you're right. You're right, and he's on the cover too. Um, so this time the uh, the new warriors are getting back together, and I gotta tell you, man, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the first couple issues. I like the interaction between uh, Speedball and Justice. Yes. See now, now this this humor, this dialogue does not seem forced. It right. It's very natural. They go back and forth. The bantering. The bantering is silly. I like it. It still feels feels natural. I like right. It. it feels like it's part of the character. And it oh yeah. Fits the character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very first issue where they show up to a city and they're met by um, a team of like uh, Salem Seven the Salem Seven right yeah. the, the magic team <laughs> and they they just immediately start fighting yeah because right? that's that's what you do you know what I mean that's what in, in comic books when one team meets another team there's no questions there's no questions it doesn't shots matter shots fired <laughs> yeah you know what I mean and then towards the end of the fight they're like uh, why are we fighting and yeah. it's like I don't know I thought you guys were the bad guys <laughs> We thought you guys attacked us so. yeah you guys attacked us first <laughs> yeah and it just the fight just kind of ends like that and, they, yeah. Like, yeah. and it's all because of speed because he saw
2: Bruticus or whatever his name is and just he was all fangy and pointy he said so he looked like a bad yeah I think
1: that's exactly what he said too right yeah I thought that was that was pretty funny. (laughs) that was
2: pretty good this this new warriors for the for the first time in a long time actually feels like how the original new warriors felt you know this team of new people Mm -hmm. with like a lot of banter they're not always too experienced Mm -hmm. They kind of sometimes just jump into a situation without fully knowing what's Mm -hmm. going on and it feels like right again you know Mm -hmm. like and the art is good the writing is good Everything Mm -hmm. is just... For me, this is like a great, great, great series.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And they're throwing a lot of different elements, which is really cool. They're they're throwing... Uh, you know they they were in the Morlock tunnels. Yes. Um, they're throwing the now the High Evolutionary. I I he's he kind of came out in the X Men comics for for a bit, right? Uh, he's been around for a long time. Has he really? Time. Yeah. They're ex- an existing group, right? Yes. Yeah. Well,
2: especially High Evolutionary. He's been around at least as I mean, as far as I know, since at least
1: 1970. Oh wow. Yeah. And what what, he, what is he preventing? He's preventing the the evolution of humans, like mutations he's, and stuff. He's actually trying to enhance, like he's trying to
2: make sure that humans survive and continue to survive.
1: So he's essentially Team Human in the superhero fight, right? Yes. In the evolution of. Yeah, uh, of superheroes and, and mutations and all that. He's on Team Human. The story kicks off uh, really quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're already in issue two, and they're you know they already things are happening. Deep <laughs> stuff. Yeah. they don't even you know allow themselves to like get settled in and yes. set up. A majority of the team hasn't even uh, met each other. Yeah, yet. It comes they're still kind yet. of split up. Yeah, yeah, they're all over the place.
2: And that's one of the things I like um, that the team wasn't just pulled together right at the start. Yeah, yeah. Because that way we're seeing like each like little. Member gets spotlight and you get mm-hmm. to
1: learn about each character
2: you know so yep. you don't see the whole team operating as yeah. one
1: already I do kind of like that as well yeah. I do like that as well it, it doesn't seem like a, you know forced it almost seems like it's organic a little bit Yeah, it does seem like uh, Speedball and Justice are trying to get the team together but too much stuff is happening Yeah, around which them. totally goes with like yeah. with their banter and their <laughs> yes. personality and them not having any control, control. of situations <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty good. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And um, where's Namorita, by the way, in, in the whole Marvel universe? So in in the Marvel universe,
2: uh, right before well, what the event that triggered Civil War, she perished. Oh. Um, she goes to hit Nitro and slams him up against the bus. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you don't know what you've just done. And he goes, boom, and then kills 600 people and incinerates, yeah, incinerates Namarita and another new warrior dude named Microbe. Mm-hmm. So they're
1: gone. We do have an Atlantean on the team, right? Has yes. she joined officially? Uh, she, no, because she just fought um, the Scarlet, Scarlet Spider, Spider and yeah. Hummingbird. And yeah. then the— uh, the whatever whatever they're called the evolutionaries, mm-hmm. they showed up. Okay, so that's they where they pop where we out of the water. That's <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. That's right. So this this um, Atlantian that we have, her name is Water Snake. Water Snake. I was going to say Sea Snake. Water Snake. Yeah. Right? So we uh, have we seen Water Snake in in other comics, or is this a this new? This is character? brand new. Brand All right, cool. New.
2: What's interesting is that Jason Aaron. He's mm-hmm. gonna be leaving Amazing X Men, mm-hmm. and Christopher Yost is gonna be taking over Amazing X Men. Oh, cool! And so he had tweeted, said, "What did I just take over Amazing X Men? And it has Firestar on the team. So I'm curious if he's gonna do something like if he's gonna yank Firestar off Amazing and put a, her in New Warriors. In the New Warriors? Yeah.
1: Oh, wow!
2: So he's excited about the fact that he's gonna be writing
1: Firestar. I don't know. That's speculation. Though, yeah, right. That is speculation, be, but it's uh, just what he tweeted. So. That'd be funny if if Firestar finally gets on, you know, makes it on the X Men team and then I'm pulled done. back yeah. onto the
2: new warriors <laughs> they could write it where it would make sense i mean pure speculation like they went into heaven and hell and she could be like yeah this is a little too much because even during the new Warriors, you know she flew out in space and like that yeah. but never went to heaven and hell yeah you know you go to heaven and hell that kind of shakes your yeah. foundation that was like really. like, the first day I was like i was there job. and that's the whole thing like an amazing x-man she's like i'm just supposed to be here to yeah, teach, yeah. You know? this is all i'm supposed to do is i'm just supposed to be a teacher yeah so yeah. i'm curious to see what they do
1: or what he does mm-hmm. when he takes over And, okay, also, you have a second podcast coming up. Did you want to plug that? Oh, yeah.
2: So um, myself, Corey, and Doug are going to be doing a new Warriors based podcast called the Crash Pod, because New Warriors base originally was called the Crash Pad. That's uh,
1: brilliant. It's brilliant, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> good.
2: <laughs> and that Doug gets all the credit for that. Because I said we should call it the Crash Pad, because you know mm. that's like their base mm. and stuff. And then Doug goes, what about the Crash Pod? And I was like, that's boom. it. That's it.
1: Like boom, boom. that nailed it. <laughs> Drop the mic. That was a walk boom. away. So yeah, we'll be doing that. So give me a list of the sites here. It's newwarriors.com. I run newwarriors.com.
2: Doug is responsible for www. NovaPrimePage.com and then Corey runs NewWarriors.WordPress.com and that's the New Warriors continuity.
1: Thank the you. The New Warriors continuity conundrum. Yeah, I can't even say that word. <laughs> it's a hard word. <laughs> Thank a, you. It's a, a three-dollar <laughs> word. You know what I mean? And then also um, keep an ear out for the uh, the Crash Pod. All right. And so that's it for the uh, New Warriors Crash Pod. What do you got next? Actually, what would you give this uh,
2: New Warriors? Oh, what what sorry. grade would you give it? No problem. I would actually grade this a five yeah yeah i'm like really digging it like it feels like the original warriors yeah mm-hmm. like there have been too many versions of the new warriors that mm-hmm. haven't felt right the second volume felt pretty close but mm-hmm. the third and fourth uh, did not really feel it at all mm-hmm. finally this one actually feels like mm-hmm. the, the new warriors we got new heroes again mm-hmm. you know the team is like slowly coming together the, the art is great Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm giving this one a five.
1: Okay, I'll give it a four. I disagree. Um, it's a five. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. No, it, it, it's I can honestly say that I'm looking for I look forward to reading the the next issue. It's a good read. It hasn't necessarily blown my mind to give it a five yet, but I'm really enjoying it for being a team of characters that I never really paid attention to when I was you know uh, growing up reading comics. Yeah. It's a very cool team. They got some good dynamics and, and I'm looking forward to yeah. to this series. Yeah, What I want to talk about next is Wonder Woman. So
2: I know before I had said like initially I didn't pick it up mm-hmm. um, because I, I wasn't too much a fan of the art. Mm-hmm. Even though I love the character, like I've always enjoyed like strong female characters. Sure. It's cool to see when a strong woman steps up and was like, yeah. you know, what, I'll play with the big boys, too.
1: Yeah. That is respected, too. Yeah, That is very well very, respected. Very she's up there. Superman. You yeah, know what I mean? She's Superman iconic. One woman. The, she's Justice League. Material. A Yeah. A-list <laughs> material.
2: Totally. I didn't give it a shot initially because I was like, eh, the art's not that great to me. Mm-hmm. When I read it, I quickly found that the art didn't matter. Like, the yeah. art actually started to really fit the theme of the comic. They've made her a really, really strong character. Like mm-hmm. her story is always moving forward. Like there's this huge overarching story that's still going on. Yeah. But it feels like it's progressing. It doesn't feel like it's dragging. Like mm-hmm. every time there is like a chapter and it's moving forward. This is a really, 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 really good comic. Like nice, I'm man. really impressed by it. Sounds I,
1: good. So what would you give this uh what grade would you give it? I would give Wonder Woman a five. No, like, no way. Seriously
2: just I would have felt stupid missing this because okay. I wasn't initially a fan of the art
1: did it take a while for it to pick up steam or for- it was just really the art that kept you from just totally being you know into it
2: it was initially the art when I looked at the cover Wonder Woman like there wasn't a lot of detail in her face mm-hmm. and body you know she's just kind of jumping through the air mm-hmm. and I was like eh. but when you read it it actually complements the story like the story mm-hmm.
1: fits the art I'm just five, really huh? impressed yeah. okay all right I'm yeah. gonna have to check it out okay next on my list is Moon Knight So, another one of these characters that I was familiar with, you know, growing up reading comics, but I never actually ended up picking up a Moon Knight issue. Right. Um, The character always intrigued me, though. Uh, It's Mark Spector. Mark Spector? Uh, It's either Mark Spector. I think it is Mark Spector. Spector, It's either Mark Spector or Mark Spencer. I can't remember. I want to say it is Spector. Yeah, I think it's Spector. So... Multiple personality disorder, right? Still. Still. Yeah. (laughs) Dude Um, still has issues. Yeah. So he's, (laughs) dude has a lot of issues. But it's written by Warren Ellis. Oh, Great, okay. great writer. So I'm looking forward to see where he goes with it. The first issue so far is very good. We haven't really gotten in too much into the, the different personalities or the origin of Moon Knight or anything like that. Cool. Um, he's just kind of tracking down, you know, this this dude that's been murdering people. So a, l- a little bit of the detective kind of touch to it. And Moon Knight's always been criticized that's, of being yeah. the Batman of Marvel, Marvel right? Yeah. Except he's all white as opposed to being all black. So far, it's 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 really cool. I can't honestly give it anything past a like a three right now because it's only been first issue, first issue an introduction but Warren Ellis at the helm I think it right. has um, a lot of potential and I'm looking cool. forward to reading it so I'd give it a, a solid three and I think that's probably a good idea
2: that they don't start with all the multiple personalities because mm-hmm. like if you're going to bring in new readers like mm-hmm. with a number one who may not be familiar with Moon Knight you probably don't want to confuse your initial reader by going oh by the way he has like three different personalities the moon talks to him from time to time
1: and, <laughs> and stuff like that so throw in and throw all the Egyptian lore and all yeah. that stuff it's a lot I mean they do they do, they do kind of touch on it a little bit, but yeah, it's not overwhelming. That, and that's good, it, mm-hmm. That's really good for a first issue. Yep. And they, they don't really hint at much of the stuff until the end. Total millionaire by day and uh, uh, vigilante by night. Vigilante by night. <laughs> Yeah, which is really cool, but it's—I don't know—it's funny. I think it's funny. He rides around in a limo, which is nice. Which is pretty cool, even when he's out (laughs) crime fighting. I'm looking forward to reading it. It's one of—it's another one of these characters that I hope gets a a good treatment, and they're—you know—Warren Ellis again is at the helm, so hopefully he turns into one of these uh, C or B listers that gets pushed up into Uh, yeah, up into some higher tier stuff.
2: My first exposure to Moon Knight was in Avengers, like. Two eleven, I want to say, there was an issue where they just recruited a bunch of uh, you know heroes to try to make a roster mm-hmm. to apply to become Avengers or whatever. And I was like, oh, this dude, you know, he looks actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen him before. Mm-hmm. This, to me, he always seemed like he would have been a good Avenger.
1: I do think that he has the potential to be a, a street level vigilante up in the tier with Daredevil. I can see how they would keep him off the team because with the multiple personalities, it, it can get. I can see how he cannot be. He's, he's his yeah, own team. That, that
2: would, <laughs> you would think that would be like a.
1: <laughs> he's his own team It's funny so yeah I'd give it a solid three with potential and expectations for for some good writing are you reading Origin 2? the Wolverine one right? the Wolverine one yes I am not you know what? I like it it's a really good book I don't like where Wolverine is at right now being the um, headmaster of the school and a teacher and all that so boring man that's not Wolverine you're taking him out of character
2: I agree they've turned him into a pansy they
1: turned him into a huge pansy man he's no longer the berserker wild card of the team now he's yeah. like the leader and the headmaster of the school and a teacher and a disciplinarian and and he's <laughs> you know he's disciplining uh, other x-men telling him you're a teacher or whatever you know I was like shut up shut up yeah do go kill somebody Claws, go
2: do dude. what you yeah. do the best that you do thing yeah exactly <laughs>
1: but origin two goes um did you read the origin story
2: i read the original one yes okay
1: cool well, this takes place shortly after Wolverine is, is essentially out in the wilds of uh, Canada. He teams up with a, a pack of wolves. I like the story because it's very, very little dialogue. You know what I mean? It's just kind of him out in the wilderness. You really don't even hear him speak too much. It goes back to a very simple, wild, savage story, and it's paced really well. I really like it. It's really earthy. Uh, I don't want to say it's a classic Wolverine tale cuz cuz there's there's no such thing as a classic Wolverine tale, but it's it's a very good origin story. I like it so far. And I would give it about a 3.5, 3.75. So, with Origins 2, he's still no adamantium, right? No, no, adamantium. still bones. Yep. He's still bones. This is pre weapon X. This is still in the eighteen set in the eighteen hundreds. Next I have ElfQuest. So second issue just came out. First issue
2: was really good because it kinda touched on each of the tribes where they were. Kinda like what I like about New Warriors, like this tribe's mm-hmm. over here, this tribe's over here. The, yeah. The second issue, however, just focused pretty much on one tribe. And the thing with Wendy Penny, like with her writing and her art, she can usually make a an insignificant character. Die mm-hmm. and still make it really heroic. In the original quest, I'm not going to say who it is because you're reading it mm-hmm. still. You're like on issue three or four now. Yeah. And you've had it for like six months, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, But someone, someone who's not even really in the comic that much mm-hmm. does something and it's quite heroic. They die. <laughs> and it's like a big deal. Like, you know, yeah. like this is hardly a character that's been in
1: just a couple issues. But mm-hmm. when she dies, you're like, dude. I think that's a testament to good writing, man. Yeah. I mean, to make you care about a character that's. Barely in it. Yeah, barely in it. Yeah. And it actually to make it feel uh, like emotional, like it's a significant loss, that that's huge. In the second issue,
2: someone dies. And mm-hmm. it felt like when I read it, it felt hollow. Like I was like, eh. Oh, really? Like, you know, there was no like watery eyes or mm-hmm. being like, oh my God, yeah. you know. And it's not because it's not a character that I, I don't care about because it, it's a character I normally did not care about in the ElfQuest universe. Mm-hmm. But, like, when the other person in the original quest died, like I said, she was pretty much a brand-new character. Mm -hmm. And she does something. When she dies, I was like, holy
1: crap. It does feel significant and heroic.
2: Yeah. There was impact Mm -hmm. right there. And I'm sure, like, it's a setup. For something else, because you know, when she mm-hmm. does die, she tells someone else something, and they're like, "Oh, that's kind of significant." Mm-hmm. But like her death is just man.
1: How many issues are they going into this um, final quest? I think it's gonna go twenty. I think Maybe twenty part. Twenty is okay. what I believe it is. I could be wrong though. Oh, so they're they're giving they're given this final quest. A, okay. A big, long run. Big, long run. Yes. If I were to rate the series... So far, right? Yeah. Okay. So
2: far, I would probably give it a, a four because okay. it's it's still ElfQuest. It's still Wendy Penny's art, mm-hmm. but it would have probably been like a four, seven, five, but issue number two, it didn't sit well with me. And like I said, not because I'm upset that they killed a character I like mm-hmm. or anything like that. It just, the death just felt plain. Kind of like when they shot Nomad in the back. Totally insignificant, but it happened.
1: Yeah. Thank goodness. Hey, <laughs> Eight. <laughs> So I got the new Punisher, the Punisher in L.A. You know, it's tough to write a character like the Punisher who just goes around shooting. Just goes around shooting. I mean, it's, <laughs> not a lot of development there. Yeah, but you know what? You have to. You have to be able to write any character. You're, you know, you got. Yeah. Um, I do like him in L.A. Not seeing him in New York is kind of weird. So it, it does feel like the L.A. references are uh, are pushed a little oh, bit. kind of forced like yeah. i am in la yeah like, like he's stuck in traffic he's stuck on the 405 it's yeah like, I don't care you see him cares. driving by the hollywood yeah. sign <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean like so he's essentially he's tracking down some drug trading that went on in new york and he's kind of tracing it back to back the cartels. To and we do see some appearances from uh, from some of the bigger names in the Marvel universe. Who are um, in L.A.? Yeah, who are, who are in L.A. The Howling Commandos come out. Which I think is pretty, you know, that's okay. pretty cool. I uh, wasn't expecting Aren't like them at all. they like eighty years old? Yeah, they're 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 older dudes too. in, in the <laughs> In the issue, they're even like these grizzly older guys. Cool. That's so cool. that's pretty cool. So they're they're kind of um they're kind of just I believe they're hired to kind of root them out okay. to to find the Punisher because the Punisher's in L. A. and stuff. I give it a three because I get it that Punisher is a tough character to write, but it shouldn't be. I mean, there's so many other characters that are so much like the Punisher, but that are written better. Like you know, what I mean, you can write a cool story comes in but how often can you just keep doing that over and over right because i mean his whole thing is he's the punisher right he goes and he kills people or he's
2: just going to always be fighting cartel guys you know what i mean which you know it's okay he's shooting a bunch of faceless dudes that i don't know and i don't care about
1: all right and my final one is uh the walking dead right now they're going through a major story arc called all out war so outside of Washington, D.C., they find a community that was built for politicians, a self-sustaining neighborhood. So the survivors, you know, Rick Grimes and the survivors found this community. They they actually, they're embraced by the community. And being that he was a sheriff, they actually make him the sheriff nice. of the town. It's like a Western. Yeah, except it's almost like Mayberry type town. Oh, Mayberry. After finding this community, they find out through the members of this community that there are other communities. So there's a network of communities out there. There's one community out of these guys that's led by a dude named Negan, who is a... What's his name? Negan. N-E... Negan. I'm sorry. Negan. Okay. N-E-G-A-N. And he is a bad mofo. Like bad mofo, like greased hair, leather jacket. And he (laughs) has a bat that's wrapped in a barbed wire. What he does is he controls these communities by by taxing them, whatever they find, whatever whatever resources and supplies that they find, he main he's essentially extorts them. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and that's how he keeps his community. So they're bullied by Negan's community. Got it. Because he keeps them under their protection. So he doesn't kill them as long as they provide him with half of their own So the community that they're at has been waiting for someone to just take this dude out. They, they rally together the other communities that feel the same way and essentially group these communities up, find out who can do what and go to war with Negan and, and his people. I can't say enough good things about The Walking Dead. It is a brutal, gut-wrenching story, and it does not let up. I give The Walking Dead, I, I would honestly say that The Walking Dead from issue one to issue 100 and whatever they're on right now, it's been a five.
2: What I like about The Walking Dead is I think it writes a lot to how how we are as humans. Because given that situation, you know there's going to be that jerk who's going to do exactly oh, that totally. and extort people. You know, when there's an apocalypse, we're at our worst. We're not at our best.
1: That, that's who survives the apocalypse. Yeah. That's who survives the apocalypse. Is the dude that's willing to kill you for what you have. Yeah. Good people do not survive the apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. They never and, do. And <laughs> the, but there's always an exception, and that exception is, of course, the protagonists of, of our group. Right. And even then, now, even at the beginning, they had this whole we don't kill humans. You know what I mean? They started off with great intentions, but at this point, that even. has to change. Yeah. They had to change, they had to adapt. But yeah, Negan is a, is the a perfect person to survive in this situation, right. right? You know, you could have people that prepare for something like this, right? That just hoard and 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 build a bunker and build a bunker and all that and all they're doing is holding the supplies for the for the asshole who comes with <laughs> the gun. Essentially. And kills him. Yeah. And kills him and takes it and now it's yeah. his. It's a good book. I mean, some people complain that zombies have kind of taken a a huge backseat. You know, they've become kind of the background of right. uh, the Walking Dead. But I, I do like the fact that in a zombie apocalypse, humans are as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than the zombies themselves, because the type of person that does survive a zombie apocalypse is not a, a um a generous person. A generous, okay. nice person. This is a uh yeah,
2: survivor. For people who complain that the zombies are taking a back seat, to me it should always be about the people trying to survive. Yeah. If they die, they rise up as a zombie.
1: Even if they're not bitten. So if if you get shot and you bleed out, you're coming back back. as a zombie. And so
2: it still maintains to the title of The Walking Dead because everyone who's alive is essentially a walking, dead walking person dead. yeah because as soon as they die mm-hmm. they're coming back
1: and that was that was a big um that was a big reveal in the comics where uh rick grimes turns to the rest of the group and says we are the walking dead yeah it's like the big dun dun dun, dun. dun. yeah <laughs> and i you know what when i read that it it hit me like like a ton of bricks yeah i was like wow that's a cool twist yep so that's our pull list section
2: um we'll do different ones every time we do a podcast we'll talk about different titles
1: yep all right so today we have a very special guest on the podcast today we have a writer and creator uh, Sal Bricoleri and he uh, is the writer and creator of a webcomic called see you next Tuesday Um, he's also a writer of uh, soul Man and the upcoming uh, comic ninja baseball man how you doing today Sal I'm
0: doing great how you guys doing
1: Oh, doing excellent, man. So, before we get into your uh, your projects and your books, um, I, I got a few questions for you, man. Uh, what what is your background in comics? Well,
0: actually, I uh, have a TV and film degree. I graduated uh, Rider University in two thousand. But the intent was to always learn how to write comics. Uh, obviously, you know, comics isn't a major, so I took the closest thing, which was TV, radio, and film. Learned how to do scripts there, and learned a lot about shot composition and things like that. And wanted to take it to comics, and uh, that's what I started doing. So once I graduated in 2010, I started my quest for artists, which is extremely hard. You know, just looking for artists on like forums and things like that. And 2012, I actually produced my first uh, comic slash webcomic one-shot, uh, which was called Mighty K.O., Punch Man and Sir, and uh, since then, I've just been working on the things like Soul Man and Ninja Baseball Man and CNX uh, Tuesday.
1: Dude, that's very cool. So, so most people get into writing to write movies and, and TV. You got into writing comics.
0: Yeah, I basically got into writing TV and movies just to go and write comics.
1: nice man dig that did you grow up reading comics oh yeah
0: um i would say i've been reading comics as long as i can remember Uh, my first comic was actually um one of those black and white teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah and then from there i mean i found out what marvel was through the the animated x-men show in, in the 90s and from there like my parents showed me there's a book and i was like oh my god There's books on this stuff. From there, it was just, you know, X Men, Batman, Spider Man. I was actually one of the only kids I knew who actually read Swamp
1: Thing back then, too, which is swamp thing nice man and these are the comics that that um, influence your writing now batman uh, x-men swamp thing
0: absolutely um i mean all those comics as far as like writing like my style i, I would say it's definitely a representation of everything that i've read my whole life i mean i've always been into like marvel dc and a lot of like indie stuff like i was like the kid in high school who basically found the the weird comics or the
1: comics people never heard of and tell everybody about it. Oh, right on, man. And what, what made you decide that you wanted to to write as a career? I think the whole thing was I loved creating. I always had a
0: thing for writing. My parents would always say that I was a good writer. They made me take like a bunch of journalism courses back in high school and you kind of just don't know what you want to do. I never really thought about getting into comics in high school, but I knew that there was a way to do it. And that's where I started
1: looking into like TV and, and film programs for college that's very cool man very cool so let's let's get into your uh, let's get into your books here let's start off and see you next tuesday you described see you next tuesday as being a boardwalk empire meets grim with one tough see you next tuesday as the heroine i gotta tell you man i, I got caught up on the um on your story it is a very cool concept man i really dig it
0: i really appreciate that um you know we put me and you e. can the uh the artist we put so much time into this comic um uh, we actually just started it out of nowhere. I've always wanted to do something with the the, the bride of Frankenstein's monster. Um, I always found the actress was very attractive. Everyone's always doing something with the monsters. They're using Frankenstein, they're using the mummy and the wolfman. And you have vampires that are very big. But I was always like, you know, one neglected character is the bride of Frankenstein's monster. And then another thing I was always into was uh, urban legends and myths and, like, things like that. Like, that weird stuff that, like, you know, every town has their mystery. So I was like, well, what if all these mysteries and all these urban legends lived in the same community? Uh, So it's, you know, kind of like what they're doing with Grimm or even, like, what DC or Vertigo is doing with Fables. I try to stay away from any character used in that whole world. I tried to just use like my own thing. Like, you know, um, we have a character named Robert the doll who's based off of that doll from Florida who a little boy, you know, I guess was playing with his doll and his parents lost his imagination. but You know, if this doll would come to life every so often or so they say, and I thought he was really interesting as far as like a comedy relief, just because if you look at the doll, it's not that's not scary at all.
1: Yeah, it's a little sailor.
0: Right, it's a little sailor. So how that? To me, that's not scary. So from there, I was like, all right, let's liven him up. You know, let's give him a baseball cap. Let's keep the sailor thing. Let's make him a little different. And I have like a character that's like Officer Pigstein, who is just, he's actually based off of one of my best friends and the way he talks and the way he acts. My friends, my friends an NYPD officer. I mean, he's not like fat or looks like a pig or anything. It's just the the, men, the mentality is based
1: off. Of I'm sure he appreciates that, that depiction, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, see you next Tuesday. I know that a lot of people said my title was very controversial, but I don't know any other way to talk about a tough girl than to call her. I'll see you next Tuesday.
1: Cool. And, and just, to, just to fill in the listeners, the, the story revolves around the, the Bride of Frankenstein almost being, um, she's a detective, right, essentially? Yeah, she is the, she is the head detective of the monster community. Of the monster community, uh, and it's and it's it's got a lot of like uh, a lot of no, uh, a, a noir feel to it, where it's uh, really old timey detective. I mean Frankenstein, and you know they call him Frankie, and Frankie has put a hit out on the bride, and instead of hitman, uh, he essentially he hires uh, zombies yeah. to go out and find and, and find her.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm a I'm a big Walking Dead guy. Like I've been reading it since the comics. Like I'm not gonna be one of those posers who say I've been reading it since day one because I haven't. Uh, I've been reading it since about issue like 60 or something like that. But I caught up. But I I always thought the zombie idea was cool, and I I wanted to incorporate zombies. But I was like, you know what? There's got to be something that controls my zombies to make them different from what Kirkman's doing. Um, And that's where I kind of say, okay, well, the hand who feeds the zombie is
1: who they listen to. Dude, good, great move. Great move. I, I always like when uh, when people use zombies in new and different ways, but it doesn't feel forced. I like how you use zombies in your story, man, and it fits really well with the overall feel of it and, and how you mentioned the hands that feeds the zombies, and they're not really that dumb, but, you know, I mean, I like the whole concept is done very well, man. Good job with that. So
0: in the comic, what, or in the webcomic, what I do is you're always inside of the bride's head. You're in her brain. You're, you can hear what she's saying. Which just gives me my noir feel, plus the black and white. I always think about things when I'm watching something, I'm like, well, why did they do this? Or why did they do that? Like, one thing that a lot of people were just really um, into, and I was getting a lot of comments on, how she's been doing this countdown, right? So every time a bullet is shot from her gun, she does a countdown. So we all know that, like, a gun has a certain amount of bullets in the clip. That gets neglected so much in movies and comics to where. It's just, you know, shoot, 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 shoot. The only time they run out of bullets is when they need to because the script calls for it.
1: Yeah, I dug that narrative. I thought that was pretty cool. And then I I like how you uh, bookended it at the end by uh, shooting the doll down and just totally saying, hey, you know, I I know I totally, uh," how did you put it? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I was like, um, it was bullet number seven and it was, you know, it said seven, contradictory to everything I said, unnecessary i know but absolutely worth it you got to put a little bit of comedy in it um and, and to me it's like can't just be noir 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 you got to lighten the mood so then when the noir moments happen you're
1: yeah, I thought that was a nice touch, man. That was some, that was really nice writing. I thought that it worked out really well. Where it the way it was paced was was very serious and, and very like you know informative, real cocky. And then she just at the end she says, "Yep," and now I'm wasting a bullet. I thought it was really good, man. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: That was the whole thing. I mean, I had a lot of fun with that. And I know everybody said he had a lot of fun drawing that. You know, these characters we have are unique, and her voice is basically like how I see film and how I see things, and that's her inner voice, as where you notice um in, in the first page she doesn't really talk she doesn't really speak a lot uh, she only speaks when she has to you know i think that's what a smart detective would do because you don't want to ever seem wrong so the less you speak the less likely you could be wrong with it
1: yeah she's very internalized though i mean she's her mind's always going yes exactly and, and it's funny too because what we have planned and what, what
0: we've seen is she's she's doing one action and speaking to people but she's thinking something else i think that we do that like if, if right now i'm sure i'm speaking to you i'm sure you're thinking about something Maybe it's not exactly what the interview is, but you're still thinking about something. And that kind of is what
1: happens in the comic. Oh, absolutely, man. For the listeners out there, you want to read the book. It is at, you can find the book at C and Next Twos. And that's the letter C, the letter U, the word next, and the word twos, T U E S. So that's C U N E X T U E S dot com and these are available for uh, for your viewing pleasure and, and they're available free and how, how often do you put these uh, uh, issues or pages out?
0: Well we give a free page every Tuesday and then every Sunday I do a write up of basically what's going on uh, out it's called outside the panels what I do but it's basically everything that is outside the panel so it has nothing to do with the comic most of the time it just has to do with what's going on it's almost like a blog um, I like to have fun with it I, I get a lot of interaction fans on like Twitter and stuff but it, it's fun you know what I mean and I, I definitely think anybody who's into action is into noir and and you know wants to laugh once in a while it's definitely something that you check
1: out absolutely I highly recommend people to check this out i can definitely see this this book this story this concept uh really taking off for you man i wish you the best of luck with this it's a very 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 cool idea now you're doing some work um you have an original story out called soul man right so tell me about soul man man soul man is actually a concept that i thought about uh, my sister's
0: 13 12 she'll be 13 but she was at a, uh, a recital. She's in the band and troop, or whatever they call it. Her band class was um, one day they were had one of their concerts and they were playing Soul Men, but it was like the Blues Brothers version. And I was like, wow, I was like that's pretty cool. And I'm just sitting there listening. And then I was like, you know, somebody should do a comic about it you know, called Soul Man should be about a guy and a ghost who you know work together. And I'm like, wait a minute, I could do that. So this is also with Ivey Kanellis, This is um, you know, the same guy who does see you next Tuesday. We got into it and we wanted to, you know, just get it out there. So what the story is, is uh, Rigby and Cliff are brothers, Rigby is alive but Cliff is dead. Cliff is a soul who was trying to get into heaven, but he was neglected by God because he was just a bit too blasphemous when he was alive with Rigby, and being that he had to pay his uh, his, his tenants. Now that he knows, God knows that Rigby and Cliff both have their own tenants, he put them together. Now they work for God as soulmen, And what soul men are, are a group of people who guide Boston reluctant souls to heaven or hell. So it's a little, you know, playing with religion a little bit. And uh, the kicker is uh, they are new to this business of soulmen, And so they have an instructor and they're, you know, the supervising officer who happens to be uh, the king, Elvis Presley. So it's a lot of fun. The comic is a, I would say it's a horror
1: humor comic. That's what I was going to ask you about. Do you do you think it's uh, or do you find it hard to balance the the humor because you have essentially two two stand up comics, so you're gonna to have to write in some jokes, right? I mean, these two dudes were they're comedians. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were a comic
0: duo. Um, they had a show that toured all over the place. Now that one's dead, the other one's just kind of dwindling. But now that they're back together, I think that the key thing is to mix the the humor of stand up comedy into the humor of horror because essentially. In a horror story, while it's always serious and grim, there is a bit of humor and everything that goes on in a horror film. I mean, a horror film, if you look at it outside the box and, and you clip it around, there's a lot of funny moments in the horror. Film. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, and it, it is nice to to break up some of the uh, the darker moments with a little bit of humor if done right. So far, man, the, uh, you you did allow me to read the uh, the advance copy, and it's it's pretty. Good. I gotta give you uh, props on, on your artist, man. Uh, Ibai Canales does a really, really good job of with the pencils on this. Yeah,
0: he's great. But I always tell him my favorite thing about him, and the reason that I, I wanted to work with him as Soul Men is because I wanted to keep it light. I feel that his facial expressions and the and the humor parts of it is just He's spot on. I've never asked for like a rework on on a facial expression. Ever.
1: And he he's all he was also the artist on See You Next Tuesday, right? Yeah,
0: which is a completely another feel. So like I found a gem. He's a great artist,
1: dude. Big time. Dude's got good range, man. Right on. And you know, Soul Man's gonna be out in May. Uh,
0: first issue will be out in May, and then from there on, we're trying to run on a six week schedule. Uh, it's self published, which basically is a lot of work for me, but I love the work. It's going to be digital, and we're going eventually going to collect. The, uh, the issues, but if somebody wants to buy an issue, they can, uh, so that's the cool thing. It's just, the hard part will be you know, getting into Diamond and all that, but um, I have a little bit of other things going on with Soulman,
1: uh, which I can speak about if you'd like. Uh, You're going to be published with um, IDW's uh, upcoming Star Mage, is this correct?
0: Jason Dellatorra, who's the writer of uh, Star Mage, which is also a uh, very successful Kickstarter, um, basically got the green light from IDW. He came across me, or I came across him. I forgot how it went. And he, you know, saw soulmate, He's like, "This is really cool. What's going on?" And said, "You know, I'm just self-publishing, and you know, I, you know, I've been submitting it and just trying to see, just get feedback. And I've submitted it to IDW, and they, you know, but you know what they thought and stuff." So Jason was nice enough to actually allow me to have. Three two page stories in the back of Star Mage issues two, three, and four. So it's something different, has nothing to do with the story. There are three self contained stories that are totally different. Two page stories are a lot harder than a full comic because you got to tell a whole story in two pages, which is 10 to 12 panels, so you got to really work. You know, it's different, and I feel like each story did something different. You know, death is something that everybody has to be a part of, and it's unfortunate, but it's true. That's what Soulman is. It's basically saying, you know, there's a soul out there. You know, they're going to try to help it.
1: And we can expect uh, Star Mage, is it expected to come out, or Star Mage 1 is expected in April, is that correct? Yeah, Star Mage 1 comes out in April. Pre-order it because, you know, we got to help each other out, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely! Oh, yeah! I'll be pre-ordering, man. I'll be putting it on the on the pull list. Yeah, and it's
0: a six-issue mini, so like you people will get an ending.
1: And you know, like I
0: said, Soulman will be in the back of two, three, and four. And I think that it's it's just a little taste of what Soulman is, and being done just self-publishing it come out in May, so it's a few weeks before the issue comes out that I'm in. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot. Of, it's gonna be a lot of. Different things that I'm going to be doing. And I think that people will appreciate something different. We want to go as far as we can. And if we can get picked up, then that'd be cool. But if not, we're still going to keep
1: moving. Right on, man. Best of luck to you. Uh, Star Mage comes out in April. If you want more information on uh, Soul Men, Captive Comics dot com slash soul man and that's soul s-o-u-l hyphen m-e-n definitely get out there put it on your pull list pre-order it help yeah. a brother out cool and then uh, next on the list you have a uh, ninja baseball man now i gotta tell you man i, I i'm a sucker for uh old school arcade side scrollers right you're doing a comic based on ninja baseball batman i never actually got to play this now i i I looked at some images some screenshots from the game and it looked familiar but in watching a youtube video of the gameplay i have never seen this game and i want to play it more than friggin ever this game is out of control dude
0: yeah it's sick so drew maniscalco is the creator of this and he thought about it back in like the 90s late 80s 90s and he had this idea for a crazy side-scroller that just involved this, you know, baseball ninja guy who was going around just kicking butt thing with, like, baseball-themed villains. His creativity was, like, absurd. And he had the uh, the company, the video game company back then, Irem, make it. Uh, it was a great, great game. But the problem was that back in the 90s, nobody appreciated it. There was only, like, 40-something uh, stand-up copies sold to arcades in
1: the amount of the 30s. Dude, I want this game needs to be on uh, on Xbox uh, Live or or, oh, or totally it agree. needs to be available, dude. I want to play this. Dude, uh, I hit it on Meme and it was great. If you if if you listener out there have not uh, seen a video of this game or or uh, have, are not familiar with this game, check it out. Watch a, a YouTube clip of the gameplay. You will immediately want to um, if if you like side scrollers, this game is is out of control. It's it looks really really cool. There's a level where um, for whatever reason, right, they are fighting on an airplane inside of an airplane, right, and they're still fighting the um, the baseball themed bad guys, right, like uh, baseball mitts yeah. and and in, you know, baseball guys with arms and legs, you know, little baseballs. Yeah. And the main boss inside the giant airplane is a giant airplane. It's it's an airplane. It's an That's airplane cool. with legs and and and, and arms and. It's, it's it's all over the place, man. It looks fun as hell.
0: It, you know what? It really is a fun game. And if people are into memes and stuff like that, they can definitely get it. Uh, I know a lot of people have modded Xboxes and things like that. They, they play it. But it's it's awesome. Man. Drew Matiscalco, the creator, actually came across my webcomic, Mighty Kill, Punch Man, and Surf. I love me and my artist, uh, Monique Blaze, on that and he actually offered us the gig to make a comic out of ninja baseball batman but he was like you know i can't do batman because of the rights of dc and warner brothers so that's where the name change the name change came
1: from. i was i was gonna ask about that I, I've, I figured that may have been the problem even though in the video game they do separate the bat and the man but yeah come on you know you...
0: absolutely everybody knew where they were going with it even drew said yeah like you know you went that direction but i guess back then I guess certain copyright laws weren't as prevalent as they are now.
1: Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, it's it, the game looks great now. Tell so but that's really cool though. I want to ask you about that too. So you are working with the creator of uh, Ninja Baseball Batman, right? It's not like you're kind of doing like a fan thing. It is, you're actually working with the guys that created it. Yeah, I I hadn't
0: I never heard of it until Drew pitched me the idea, and you know he was like, "This is my idea," and he was like, "I want to make a comic." He was like, "I want you to be in complete control of the comic." He said, just stay true to the character and let me okay for it. You know, I wrote scripts. Um, We started doing the art, and we would always give it to him and get his response, and he loves what we're doing with it. Uh, He's, you know, right now we're just doing, it's going to be a five-issue thing. Um, We're trying out a lot of new things and taking all his characters and all his, you know, all his little ideas that he had back then, and I'm putting it into a story because he always said, like, he never had a story fleshed out. He just had the characters and made the game. It's actually the 21st anniversary of the game, and the game had its little story. So what we're doing, reenacting the game, but with the story. So, like, you're not getting the same story, you're just getting the same plot, and I'm giving you a different story, and I'm adding characters, which was great that Drew actually allowed me to do that. I added a bunch of characters um, to
1: help progress the story uh, and just make it a little more um, more comic Very. And how hard was it to flesh out a character that was just a story that is just so 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 random, so out there?
0: You know, it wasn't hard. It, it was more um, time-consuming. Because it was like, you have to make a character and make sure they fit. So, you know, it's Ninja Baseball, man. He's a baseball player by day, and he's a superhero by night. Uh, more of a vigilante, because he doesn't really have any powers. Uh, and I felt that, you know, such an important person needed something, but what did he need? And, you know, Batman had Alfred. And, you know, Iron Man had Jarvis. And I'm like, well, this guy needs somebody. And I was like, well, a baseball player needs an agent. So I created this uh, this agent named Atori. And Atori is the agent of Jose Majors, who is Ninja Baseball. And the thing is, is that Atori is also uh, not only is he a baseball agent, he's also the connection to becoming uh, a ninja. So he has uh, connections with Buddhist monks, basically. And that's where Jose uh, Jose gets to meet a Buddhist monk who teaches him the art of, of being a ninja. And that monk's name is Mumbai. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of con- new comics lack is, you know, everyone's trying to figure out how a guy gets a power. But nobody, you know, it, to me, it's never really fleshed out to the point where it's easy to understand. And, and I'm basically, with Mumbai, we're spelling it out. Like, Mumbai teaches Jose how to be a ninja.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, totally kudos, man. How do you write a baseball player becomes a ninja vigilante? You know what I mean? And you you managed to put it together so well. Ex-major leaguer gets, you know, on the back end of his career, gets traded to the Japanese league and it just it just fits very well, man. You did really 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 good job with that. Thank you. Yeah, I
0: had to, you know, do something different to get it out there and then obviously you know, when he starts fighting off the, the zany baseball team villains, like, we're back in America. Which, I think, is, you know, stays true to the video game. Like, that's the number one thing I told Drew, like, I want to stay true to the game. Because the game has a lot of fans. It's a cult following. And I know how a cult following is, and if you mess a little thing up, they recognize. And that's the one thing I never wanted to do, was take it away from... I want to give them what they have, and I want to give them
1: more. Now, are you going to go into the origin of all these zany characters, or are you just going to throw it out there that they exist? Are you going to give them like backgrounds?
0: Without saying much, in the five issues, it all gets
1: understood. Okay, so there's also a a Kickstarter for uh, Ninja Baseball Man.
0: Yes. Drew is new to the world of comic books and comic book distributing. He wanted to figure out the best way to do things, and he's been hearing a lot of comics through Kickstarter. And I said to him, you know, Kickstarter is great because we can get the fan base to help us out. You know, Ninja Baseball Man or Ninja Baseball Batman, the game, has its following. So we want that following to come into Ninja Baseball. And we think that Kickstarter is our best option. It's to fund, to literally print. That's the point of the Kickstarter. We're trying to print the pop, And what we're printing is, is the trade paperback of Volume 1. Uh, 1 through 5 will be digital. And then we're going to collect the whole thing in an exclusive Kickstarter book. So the Kickstarter book We'll have like little sketches. It's going to have notes from Drew, me, and Monique. After the Kickstarter, we're going to print a different book, which is not going to be as many pages. Um, it's going to be the same story. It's just not going to have your sketches and your notes and your behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, the Kickstarter for it goes live on April 1st, 2014. So just you know, this week, um, and you know, we're trying to our best to do our media blitz. We're going on forums, uh, sending out newsletters. Uh, going to local comic shops and you know just putting out promo cards and stuff it's going to run for 45 days
1: yep so if you guys want more information on uh ninja baseball man you can visit captivecomics.com slash ninja dash baseball dash man and you guys will be updating the um the captive comic sites with your uh with your kickstarter information and links and all that good stuff right yeah absolutely it's
0: all gonna uh go up on april 1st like we said it's gonna be like a blitz we're gonna on facebook and twitter and reddit and of course on the site so we can easily direct people to it there will be links all over the site to the kickstarter um i mean you could just go to kickstarter and type in ninja baseball man it's going to pop right up uh and you know we have a lot of stretch goals too which are pretty cool so check that out every stretch goal adds more issues and if we actually can hit 25 grand we're going to make a make a cartoon
1: very cool very cool so if you want more information on any of these books can always visit captivecomics.com it'll link you to Soul Man to see you next tuesday to uh, ninja baseball man Um, where can folks find you outside of your uh, website do you have a twitter page a facebook page
0: yeah i'm all over twitter uh so you can definitely check that out uh it's at B, so it's s-a-l-b-e-y-b i'm on twitter all the time and as uh you know contacting me Directly, uh, you could always just go to Captive Comics, the contact page, or you can go to cnx Uh cnx com is updated more regularly just because it's a webcomic.
1: Gotcha, man. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on and chatting with us. We'll definitely help you out in plugging your uh, Kickstarter and your books. Uh, I have super high expectations for your books, man. They're very, very, very cool. You got some great ideas, you got some great concepts, and I got a feeling you will be seeing your name in. Uh, you know in, in in the future for sure
0: thank you I, I hope you're right you know i pray to god every day <laughs> thank you very much i appreciate it
1: yeah man just don't, don't, when you get uh when you get big and famous man don't forget you know i mean don't forget the little guys like us dude come back on we'll we'll interview you again oh no i'm never i'm never really
0: too <laughs> big to come back on i this is you know this is actually my first podcast that i've done and i'm really digging it and i really appreciate you guys time and you know, let me come on and, and talk to you guys it's definitely been
1: a lot of fun Very cool. Okay, Sal, thank you very much. That's Sal Bricoleri from Captive Comics. Uh, You have a great day, man. Thank you. You too. Thanks.
2: Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast.
1: We'll hope you join us next time as we continue to discuss all things comic book related. And until then, make mine Marvel. And DC.
2: And independent. Don't forget to check us out at comicreliefpodcast.com. Or you can visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash comic relief podcast. Or go to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com forward slash comic relief podcast. And finally there is our Twitter page, which is twitter.com forward slash comic relief PODC I'd like to give a special shout out to Travis Richards who did the music for the Comic Relief podcast visit his website at www.travisarichards.com